0: Hey, you like Pez? It looks like that. Here's Heaney from the boundary line. He's an expert at these. From the boundary line.
1: Hello and welcome to Behind the Boundary AFL podcast for season 2022. Uh, I'm Pez. I'm here with Source. We're back, better than ever for another. Big year of AFL footy.
0: Welcome back, Pez. Great to be here. Great to have footy back. The uh, the newspapers slowly are building, and you can start to see those stories. They've had the practice matches finished. They've had your intra clubs, and Pez. We had the all important season openers. the The NAB Cup that was going ahead, or, or whatever it's called now. What's it called now, Pez?
1: <laughs> uh, I think it's the ANZAT Australia <laughs> Cup. Uh, still from <laughs> '97, isn't it? Something like that, but. Um, yeah, never, never too much interest in uh, in the pre-season, but it, it was good to have uh, the footy on in the background, even on a on a Monday night yesterday as well. Saw uh, watching the Cats play Gold Coast, so you can never really take too much out of it. Um, round one is always, you know, flip of the coin, and we we get to see that and experience that uh, next Wednesday night. Uh, pumped up for the start of the season, and uh, we'll be pumping out our show week to week, so make sure you tune in.
0: Yeah, definitely the uh, it was good to have the Amy Community Series there back, Pez, and it was uh, it was good to have it on the background. I sat down and watched the first half of the Cats, and just like the Cats, uh, packed up after halftime and went to bed because uh, it is the practice games. And after a grueling couple of seasons uh, with the uh, the festival of footy and back to back weeks and the pandemic, Pez, it was good to have a bit of a break and have an off season. And I think that the players definitely enjoyed it. I think a lot of players have come back and you know started to relish in the in the uh, grueling process that he's getting back. Into match fitness, but Pez, what about yourself? Getting into back into match fitness, did you enjoy your uh, preseason? Did you have a lengthy one?
1: Uh, it was it was a very lengthy preseason. But uh, I tell you what, the fans are rolling their eyes uh, after your comments there. Speaking about Geelong in depth again, already in a preseason <laughs> match. Source. I know they played last night. I threw out the bait a little bit of a uh, little bit of lure there and. Uh, You've jumped on board. So the fans, they don't want to hear you, you know, just about Geelong all the time. Let's uh, make 2022 a, a passive year. Speak about everyone. We, we speak about all clubs on this show.
0: Yep, New Year's resolution, Pez. Uh, new New year, new me, new podcast. Uh, I will not be talking about the pussies uh, from this point on in depth like I have in the past, Pez. Uh, but let, let's get on to the important stuff, Pez. Are you ready for this year? Uh-
1: I, I am ready. Uh, I've, you know, you know it, was a, it was a long preseason. There was not a lot of footy and not a lot of footy news. And I kind of uh, zoned out of the, the footy news and away from the Fox footy channel on uh, on Foxtel there. So I was watching a lot, of, uh, a lot of other sports. We've got NBA, we've got cricket and things like that. And uh, uh, just enjoying myself, enjoying the time off uh, summer, Christmas with the family. Uh, and uh, that's about it.
0: It was good to be able to get out and about and, you know, the the easing of the pandemic restrictions and being able to enjoy and trying to teach ourselves how to socialise again, Pez. And like we are doing this uh, first podcast of the season via Zoom, uh, giving me some, uh, you know, PSD sort of... uh, Uh, A little bit of trauma with the the memories of going back into our bedrooms and uh, isolating and doing our recordings, you know, in in isolation, as just mentioned. But it is good to be able to uh, enjoy the preseason pairs. And it was good to step away from football, step away from the podcast and, you know, spend time with family over Christmas. And, you know, uh, I I did catch COVID over the break and uh, it was uh, not not too bad, but uh, had my jab. Had my third booster, had a nice seven days in isolation. Uh, the rest of the family got it, which was was really fun. But other than that, it's been really good to enjoy the break. A couple of bevvies, a couple of the very best, Pez, and enjoy some other sports. And uh, I'll be honest, Pez, I did get a little bit of footy fatigue coming out of uh, last season, and it's it's good to be able to feel refreshed and rejuvenated into this new 2022 season.
1: Well, you did mention it and uh, the last two seasons have been very, very different with uh, a lot of games interstate and uh, hopefully uh, being members of you know, the AFL or your uh, club, we can get back to live footy in 2022 because we love going to the footy on the weekend and, and watching it live, which we haven't been able to do for the majority of two seasons.
0: And it was announced during the week that the MCG is back to full capacity. Um, I'm sure you'll still have to check in and do all the due diligence in terms of the COVID safe protocols that have been put in place and slowly easing and slowly uh, still checking your QR codes, Pez. But it's great to have footy back. It's great to have the MCG. And I cannot wait for that opening bouncer. Uh, unfortunately, on the Wednesday night. But we'll get into that a little bit later. But that opening bounce and, and a full packed MCG ready for the season opener.
1: Yeah, we've got to love it, and we've got uh, something coming up about that where we will talk about that. But make sure you jump on to our socials where you can keep a track of what we're doing uh, this season and keep up to date with all the news at Behind the Bound on Twitter, which is where we post things like our bet slips that we've done in the past uh, and any any other things that we are going to be pumping out on the socials. Make sure you get on there, give us a follow, give us a like on those things. And one very important thing that is out on the socials at the moment, source, is a link to our I don't know how many years we've done it now, but our famous loser comp.
0: Yeah, Pez. This is the the fourth season of the podcast, and it is the third season that we're running as the official podcast. It's probably the fifth season I've been doing it as a, an actual competition as well. But third year of the podcast, and it's a great comp. Uh, last year, the winner took home over eight hundred dollars. Uh, they took home what it was eight hundred and forty dollars. Um, all the all the prize winnings goes to the winner. Winner takes all sort of comp, Pez. For people that don't know, take us through it's a, it's a simple simple competition, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's, it's always simple. And when you explain it to someone for the first time, they think, oh, this is going to be easy. And then they realize how hard it actually is. So our comp, a little bit different. You've got to pick the loser. Oh, that's easy, Sauce. I can pick North every single week. No, you cannot. Because you can only pick each team once. So if you pick North in round one, you're going to survive there. You're going to keep a life and you're going to keep going. Now, I mentioned the life source. In our comp, you do get a life. So if you do get it wrong in round one, your twenty dollars hasn't gone abyss. It is still there in the in the wakes ready to win back. But you do have to get everything right from there on in. So you get a life. Go again. Uh two wrong answers during the season. And you are ski out of there. See you later.
0: Ah oh, Pez, that's super easy. There's there's, you know, the eighteen teams, but there's only twenty two rounds, Pez. What happens if it gets all the way through?
1: Uh, yeah. If it gets all the way through, you can start again, and uh, we'll give you we'll give you a bonus a bonus bit of prize <laughs> there if anyone does make it past
0: yes please. past the 18
1: rounds. Uh, it's ended very quickly in some years, and it's gone uh, gone pretty deep in some years, but nowhere close to 18
0: rounds I think the first year we ran at Pez uh, we had uh, 30 entrants or something and it was all done and dusted by round 7 so (laughs) that was a nice little uh, and there was a lot of people like oh can we can we do it again because we want some interest in that it's like nope. round 7 is fine the next year I think it got to round 12 then we were back to round 9 last year was the longest that had been was round 16 I guess it was a little bit more predictable in the pandemic and uh, um, (laughs) with all the uncertainty of teams being in and out it was a little bit easier with the list being a little bit depleted to be able to pick them but I'm uh, assuming this year Pez with one of the closest comps uh, That that I'm thinking for You know 2022 in the AFL the, the the margin from the top teams And the bottom teams Is probably the closest It's been in a long time And I'm, I'm tipping It's going to be a very Very tough comp To uh, go past round 10
1: Oh 100 percent with over 40 entrants last year we're trying to get that up again uh and if you're 20 dollars it, it's a lot of fun you, you can go onto uh, to the, the facebook group and have a little bit of banter on there and i love the banter last year between the final two contestants <laughs> where one of them actually wanted to split it source because they didn't have the teams left that they thought were good for them and the other person did and the other person's like no way i'm not splitting it and then what happened the person that didn't want to split it uh, ended up losing, so uh, he lost his twenty bucks, and the other bloke uh, ended up making the eight hundred and twenty dollars profit. Yeah, for ROI.
0: It was definitely a little bit of drama in that Facebook group, and you could see the little emojis and the little uh, what are they called the 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 gifts that were going back and forth. It was uh, some great banter, pairs, as you said. And uh, what's really exciting about this comp is, for the first time, you know that we've ever been able to do the comp that you are able to have multiple entries. So that's really exciting for the comp. We've got a couple people that are putting in there. You know, you've just got to put the little number next to their name. I've had a couple inquiries, so if you can do multiple entries. Make sure you obviously differ your name a little bit. Pez will be making his uh, yearly donation that he makes to the comp because he doesn't get very far, so that'll be super exciting. You can go head to head against Pez for the first three rounds, and then head to head against the rest of the league for the for the remainder of the twenty rounds. Well,
1: that's it. I remember that one year there was uh, half the contestants got. Uh, the first week they lost their life in, in round one. and then That was last uh, year, was That was the adelaide in...
0: Delong one. That was last year
1: <laughs> where half the league was gone. A couple, Ski- couple people out in, in two rounds as well and people were gone and see you later. And if you do pay your 20 bucks, uh, you don't have to tip, but it just means <laughs> you can't win and you'll be out in round two like one of our... Entrance last year, who made a, a very kind twenty dollar donation, as yeah. well
0: as myself. So the premise of this long conversation, Pez, is it's a lot of fun. You can hear it in our voices that we do enjoy this comp. We believe in the comp. We love it. It is a bit of fun. It is a different twist and a different way to watch football, and it is quite hard to get your head around it as a tipper to be p- tipping the loser. But if you're anything like uh, Pez, as a normal tipper, that's uh, just pretend to tip the the winners and you'll get the loser quite easy there. Otherwise, jump to all of our socials as Pez has mentioned: our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram. Follow the links there. If you're unsure of how to get to the links, just send us a, a private message or tweet at us at Behind the Boundary. Um, join the JOT form, fill in, pretty simple, and then flick across your $20 to our account. And uh, most of all, tell everyone that you know, get everyone involved, and let's get this pool prize above that uh, $800 pairs and make it uh, bigger and better than last year.
1: That's what we need to do. But we know our listeners love to leave their entries uh, to the last minute. And we had a couple of people that missed out uh, last year's source to join the comp because it would have been around $900 uh, in prize money. But the three people said, oh, can I join the, the... it hasn't started. No, there's a deadline and there are rules in place and they're there on that link. So jump on it, jump on it today or tomorrow. When you get a a spare minute, please jump on, tell your friends, tell your family, uh, tell everyone you know, share it around your your social medias and uh, let's make this comp, Uh,
0: ginormous yeah cannot wait Pez Uh, only eight days to go so make sure you get those entrants in super quick and as I said multiple entrants if you want just chuck in a a different sort of nickname there and uh, make your $20 donate I shouldn't say donation Pez but make your $20 entry fee uh, and enjoy the tipping as we do every year
1: so you're confident as always sauce but uh, you haven't you haven't won it yet so I got pretty close last (laughs) year I'm just talking about 2022 we
0: got pretty oh, close I last year.
1: About other years as well. So <laughs> you just settled down on that. But uh, we're excited to be back. You can hear it in our voices. And uh, let's continue on with the show. Uh, what we do here at Behind the Bound. If you haven't listened and you're a first time listener, welcome. Board. Uh we've got some some little fun segments that we do throughout throughout the weeks, and you won't see the same ones all the time. Source. And uh, I wonder which one we're going to do today.
0: Well, let's have a listen for the first segment of 2022. Pez, sit back and enjoy. Just on behalf of both sides, I want to thank the crowd. And he's given an excellent supporter a moment he will never forget. An opportunity that he'll never forget, Pez. This is where we put it back from the fans. Over the break, we've had an abundance of questions in our socials, as mentioned behind the bound. Jump on and leave a message or query. We've had people that have taken the lead, and some of our fans have left us a range of different questions and have asking our opinions, not just about how to avoid a losing bet slip, like uh, well, neither of us actually, because we've had a proper winning seasons for the for the fourth year in a row, Pez. But we'll talk about that a lot. Well, that's later.
1: important to mention. That's very important. It, it is very important. So quite often. <laughs> (laughs)
0: We have people look
1: out to us. For those first-time listeners uh, that are here, yes, we do have a punting segment on this show where we we put out uh, our best bets for the round. And uh, all, is it four seasons or five seasons, Source? Four seasons. Four seasons. uh, We have been profitable in every single season. So no losing year from either host, myself or Source. So uh, very impressive. I'm going to make it five years in a row this year. So jump on board and uh, join along the fun.
0: Yes, five years in a row, Pez. And what what that does mean is that a lot of our fans who listen to the show they quite often reach out to us and ask us questions about advice, how their team's going to go, and you know what they what their thoughts are going forward. We had a lot of uh, a lot of people ask some questionable things about our letter predictions last year, which we will get into later in the coming or in the coming days, Pez. We'll get into another show. But what we're going to do from from the fans is what we have done is collected a lot of those messages, those tweets, those emails, and we've collated a selected of questions that a lot of people were asking about the upcoming 2022 season pez let's get things started with the first one have you got the first question there pez
1: i do but i just wanted to mention another um another tweet with people saying uh when's the show coming out (laughs) they're trying to shorten my holidays uh we've been on holidays the the footy doesn't start to what the 16th of march so uh we're, we're lucky to be doing it uh so early in all honesty.
0: And Pez, if you're a big podcast listener and you, you listen to the Hamish and uh, Andy podcast, as they say, there's the government-mandated podcast break. And Hamish and Andy didn't come back till last week. And we're, we're much the same. We're bound by those sort of rules. So, we, you know, I'm, I'm taking someone else's joke, but uh, it leads into it. So I don't want to shorten our holidays. <laughs> you know, this is, this is our full-time <laughs> job. No full-time job, Pez. I,
1: I, I want... I want a little bit more, but uh, the the boss said you've you've got to be back. The fans are are hungry. They're salivating. All right. First question from multiple uh, fans here. Preseason structure. What do you guys think of this year's one and done preseason structure? Source.
0: I mean, we've spoken about this in the past, about the preseason. The preseason's a really difficult time because you don't get a true indication of, of, of the football. I think this year's preseason stru- structure of officially one a- Amy Community Series game was really good just for the fatigue, I think, of, of fans and sports fans. And I spoke to you this a little bit about in the, the break. Pez, was I think that a lot of people just in in general haven't been talking about AFL and there hasn't been as much hype coming into the season because people were so fatigued i think the structure this year of the one game and having the intra clubs and the practice clubs games beforehand and not really televised has been fantastic and i think it's really good does it give you what you want in terms of an off season competition and have you you know give you a true indication to be able to work out if your team is good or who's not no but as a fan, it allows every team to be able, to, you know, one small sample size of yes, my team is good. No, my team is working on it. And from all the pe- people I've spoken to, they were able to grab one thing out of their preseason game. So I like the one and done sort of thing. You're able to get a little bit about uh, the team enough to be able to make round one a proper indication of how the season is going to, and keep that hype. I think there's nothing worse than having a team go in and win. Six of their preseason games, and then you got all this expectation, and then round one when other teams are actually playing, that disappointment. So I think it builds the hype of the actual twenty twenty two season. It leaves us, you know, thirsty for that standard of football in round one that we love, and it sort of, you know, appeases people's expectations of their own team.
1: Yeah, and uh, every, everyone's, you know, got a right to to watch the footy the way they want to watch it, and I've been going on about it for years how. This ladders and you know finals and winning a, a pre-season cup or a premiership is is ridiculous and it has been uh, for most of the the two thousands the last twenty two years because players didn't want to win it, uh, coaches didn't want to win it. That was very very evident and it just took away from the whole notion of a competition. So knowing going in with only one game against another club that's ties and on Foxtel whatever it is. Uh, I think it's really really good for fans that are really invested in, and want to watch their their club and and see a little bit of what what they're doing if players are coming back from injury how they're looking uh, you see some of the draftees and, and the younger guys who usually get a chance during these games as well so there is a purpose for preseason games but there isn't a purpose for preseason champions and, and competitions and things like that we get straight into it in round one where where it starts to go and in saying that, the players need to prepare as well, Source. So they do need some form of pre-season competition and they're going to do it, whether it's televised or not. So the AFL have said, you know what? This one and done, we'll televise it. Try and keep the fans happy. The The players are there, ready to go. The, nothing worse than seeing one of your players from your club get a serious injury in a pre-season game. That means absolutely nothing. But um, players were going hammer and tong. They're trying to get fit. A lot of players trying to put their hand up for round one. And uh, it's, it's what we love about footy.
0: It is Pez, you know that that excitement of a lot of debutants making into round one or the new club they had to prove themselves. It gives the fans a little bit of taste in it, and it's good, you know. I, I look, I think the one and done has been successful this year. Every year they play with it, every year they change it. They they've done a whole range of different things. I'm sure next year will be no different. So, I like this uh this. Uh, you know, evolution of the the preseason comp, uh, and I think uh, I hope I hope it stays uh, at this one and done sort of thing. But you know, we know the AFL as they change things quite regularly. It'll probably change next year.
1: Well, that'd be it. Uh, you you want me to throw you the the next question that we've jumped
0: in here no I, I can I can jump in there Pez I've, I've jumped in our live doc and chucked that in there because you didn't do your job in the preparation but that's fine I'm not nothing I'm not used to there Pez uh we had the big news um,
1: something, <laughs> something I am used to and I'm going to cut you off there because you started already this season you try and make it seem like I didn't do anything but I already I was the one that put that one in there so which I'm one you're talking about and trying to make the fans listen to well the one you're about to say
0: what the one that's next in line the next one the one that I typed in while you were talking are you talking about that one
1: the one that I definitely typed because that's the those are the words that I typed. Okay. Uh, you uh, you ask the ask the question I typed sauce. So go on.
0: Okay. Oh, you've just changed it your flog. <laughs> I've just I've just seen you copy and paste it. <laughs> Either way. You can see that the banter is real, Pez, and uh, if this indi- is any indication of how the season is going to pan out, I'm going to be dreading uh, coming to to the studio and recording with you because this sort of immature behaviour of copying and pasting while we're talking and making it out like you do everything is just childish. Just childish, Pez. You're better than that.
1: No response.
0: <laughs> no response. All right, I'll ask the next one. We had the big news of Isaac Heaney signing a massive six-year deal. Actually, uh, only last week. The question that's come in, and you know, it came in quite, uh, quite, quite fluently and quite regularly, is why are Sydney leading the way in long-time signings? Is this stupid or is this smart? And I guess the, the obvious reference there is to the Buddy Franklin one and the debate that people say it was that his success because there was no premiership. Pez, stupid or smart? Locking up Isaac Heaney before he goes out of contract at the end of the year?
1: Well, this is the hard thing for me. Like, Sydney have done that with Isaac Heaney and Lance Franklin, as you said, for 10 years. Who else can you think of off the top of your head who's had a long term signing five plus years?
0: Uh, Grundy. He he was probably the other one that was pretty close.
1: So, Brody Grundy, five years, about a million million dollars a year. And people have, um, you know, jumped on that and said that as a failure. Now, Lance Franklin. It can be seen, we spoke about this on one of our shows last year, I remember vividly, we've got, on one side, it's a failure because they didn't win a premiership. But on the other side, the publicity that they got and the the numbers and the money that they've made from the signing of Lance Franklin, it could be seen as a positive. So you can lean either way there. Isaac Heaney, one of our favourites here at Behind the Boundary, even when he was injured. We did not take him off our intro source because we just wanted that little reminder of him coming back. And he did look fantastic in that one-and-done preseason game on the weekend. Now, if I was Sydney and I could do it, I'd sign him up because he is a machine. Midfield, goes up forward, taken taken overhead mark, kick goals. He is a three-vote getter when healthy in this competition. And if you can have that and lock that player in into your club for five-plus years, I don't see why you wouldn't do it.
0: For me, uh, it, it it's really hard to say whether it's smart or stupid at the start of it. You know, if you look at history, uh, I'd say it's it's strictly stupid because the you know we've had Nat Fife had six years and he won a Brownlow. Did they, they got him to they got into a premiership? They didn't win one. Was that success? Yes or no? You, you can't tell without this. You know, if you're measuring just on the win alone, no, it wasn't a success. Tom Boyd, he signed six years with GWS. Have they got a premiership? No. Lance Franklin, he signed nine years. Is there a premiership? No. So like, you know, the way history actually pulls out, those six years plus deals don't work because they haven't ended in any premierships. None of them.
1: Hey, the Bulldogs paid Tom Boyd a million dollars and they got a premiership.
0: No premiership. All right, so <laughs> moving forward, that doesn't count. So six years, those six years deals don't work. If we're looking Boys at, to go. if we're looking at locking Fuck. up a young star, uh, you know, who has already started to deliver and has so much potential, and that was the difference between him leaving and not leaving, and not money like if they've saved they've saved coin in terms of the the actual cost of the contract and we don't know because those those things aren't released then yeah it's a great move it's smart he's young he's successful as you said he's one of the favorites because he does bring excitement he he kicks those goals and needs to he stands up in big moments so it's a really a 50-50 one and it's really measured on if we're measuring success of a premiership time will tell but at the moment looking at from the on-site and the way the stats weigh up it's dumb But if it's the only thing that was uh, the difference between him walking out the door and signing free agency, then yeah, you tie him up for six years because he's young, he's he's, he's under 25, like why wouldn't you? So... I like the move personally. I think it's fantastic. I think six years, and I think it's gone under the radar a little bit because it is quite a big deal. Six years, you'd say it's a decent amount of coin and it's the first cornerstone in recruiting the rest of those young players. And that's the, that's the key moment for Sydney is they had a, a really big bounce out season last year. They, they, they overachieved to a lot of people. And that's what you got to do in terms of building something that's you know that's got some longevity. Boom, you sign up one of the stars and he definitely is a straight out star.
1: Idea for your source, idea here. What the AFL should do? What they should do? Free agency comes in um, unrestricted after seven years of playing in the in the league. Correct? Yep. So if you're drafted to a club and you show loyalty, which we've seen in the last five years, loyalty is becoming more and more rare. If you are loyal to your club and you sign. With You you have the opportunity to sign with your club or you have an opportunity to sign as an unrestricted free agent elsewhere. I think the AFL should boost your salary by 10% if you decide to stay loyal after that seven years and don't go to chase premierships and you stay loyal to your club, you get a 10% extra boost in your pay, not coming from the individual club.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's 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 very similar to the the NBA sort of mark that they've got, is that you're drafted by that club, you obviously send you know you you sign your rookie extension and then if you sign your your rookie extension you have your your Larry Bird rights, you you know, your bird rights that and if you do continually to sign, then you're able to to go for bigger and better contracts and you're more motivated by bigger contracts and money funded by the NBA and funded by the AFL, you get more salary cap exemption if you stay with those teams. So that puts that premise on looking after those young players early on. I don't know if seven years is the, is the right thing. I think that if we, we, we could make it shorter, because a lot of players are leaving when they hit 23, 24, which is about that four, five-year mark. So I think in those first four or five years, maybe make it a little bit shorter, then you're able to retain that homegrown talent and allow kids the, the proper opportunity to be able to develop. Because realistically, for a lot of these kids coming into the AFL system, they don't debut until 2021-22. So you're signing your rookie extension, you may not even get a go in there. So I love the premise of it, Pez. I would just shorten the years, maybe make it the five-year deal or, or you know six-year deal, M- maybe not that seven. That seven's a little, <laughs> a little bit long because that's you know what 25-26, right in your prime.
1: Well, uh, there you have it. There's a, a floated idea to the AFL, and uh, I, I think it should, you should be able to make more money if you stay loyal, uh, just to try and bring that loyalty back into AFL footy. Because as we know, if nothing changes in the next five years, it'll just be uh, club hopping you know, when players are a little bit older, just to try and get that premiership medal and, and get something for uh, their careers there.
0: And I think you know, Pez. You know, we both are Minnesota Timberwolves fans, and we're a, they're small market teams. What we definitely have seen in the NBA with these new rules that increase the the money and potential earnings by staying with the team that draft you, you're seeing more success, and you're giving those teams, those smaller market teams, more opportunity at holding, uh, big stars and recruiting big stars, even because you've obviously got one superstar there. So it doesn't really work the same in AFL because the money is 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 different. But we do see a lot of a lot of players go to those big clubs and, and you know the teams like North Melbourne and St Kilda and you know the western up until last year the western bulldogs haven't really been teams and destination spots so i love it, love it in theory pers because we want to see the afl as we said even across the league
1: yeah and we watch um, afl players with interest and we get really heartbroken when they when they leave your club because they're going for higher higher contracts somewhere else but you've got to bring it back to your own life in your job in your st- wherever you are whatever you do for a job there's a competitor and if a competitor that was 10 minutes down the road offered you an extra 10% salary per year you would most likely go to the competitor because you're getting more money so it's very similar in that way
0: it is very similar, Pez, and it's very interesting that we've talked about the workforce in this one because the next one, a question that I can see on the spreadsheet, which I'll let you read out because you did write all these questions, apparently. Uh...
1: Oh, we had to collate them and do everything. I, I, I was been on holidays for long. I can't remember what I'm doing. But uh, this is all about Ben King and shocking news over the preseason where he had a confirmed ACL injury and he is done for the season. The, the big superstar forward up there for the Gold Coast Suns. We know he's got a twin brother, Max, uh, who also had did an ACL uh, early on uh, in his career and got drafted by the Saints there. But the question is, does the injury impact the Gold Coast chances of re-signing Ben King? What
0: are your thoughts? Uh, Pez, unfortunately, uh, you know, we refer to the the goal coaches as the graveyard because people's career go up to the die there. And we do that not for a reason other than six of the past sevens, they've been sorry, six of the past seven seasons, they've finished in the bottom four. They had one year where they were out of it. And that year that they were out of it, who was their best player? Ben King. He was killing it down there. Gary Ablett. King was kicking...
1: I'm going going back further.
0: kicking, Kicking goals. And they were really dominating, Pez. But. It's a graveyard, and I think the fact that he hasn't already signed, uh, and now he's got this big injury, there's no way that he's coming back unless they throw a massive contract at, at him. But he's coming off a, a pretty serious knee injury. He, he's, you know, it, it would be a dangerous move for them to throw a bit, lot of money at him and throw a long contract at him. It, it's, it's unfortunate for both parties, and I think this plays a huge part of him actually. You know, being swayed by uh, a lot of other clubs. And unfortunately, from all reports, and we only know for the players that have left the Gold Coast, we talked about this a couple of years ago, their rehabbing systems and their medical doctors up there haven't been great in retaining players with long-term injuries. So that is a concern as well. So I think it actually really hurts their chances of re-signing him. And it uh, brings forth the, uh, the RIP date, Pez, the Gold Coast Graveyard, uh, I think it's just a matter of time, realistically. And I don't want to be talking about this all all year long because they were exciting to watch last year when they were up and about, but I actually think it really, really makes their future look pretty bleak.
1: Oh, ouch. I, I would be, you know, happy to hear that if I had this, the same view as you, source, because being a St Kilda fan, his twin brother's down there and uh, St Kilda fan growing up. But you, you speak about the recovery of the injury and if you're going to offer him a big contract, you've seen his twin brother, Actually, recover from an ACL injury and, and start to, you know, come and play some good footy again. And I actually think uh, I was shattered when I heard this news because I, I love watching Ben King play and I really did want to get him down at St Kilda the season after with his uh, twin brother Max. But uh, I don't think it's going to help because I think Gold Coast are going to put everything into him in his recovery now. I think they're going to help him out. They're going to they're going to settle him up there and uh, they're going to, actually going to offer him something decent, which I don't think St Kilda can take that risk having Max King coming off of ACL and having done that already and then offering Ben King a lot of money coming off of ACL as well. I just don't think it's going to happen. So I think he might re-sign with the Gold Coast Suns during the first half of the season.
0: But I think it's not only not only them that are going to be throwing money at him. Like if it, he's he's a, an out and out star, he's a he's a dominant forward, and we've seen you know look at like uh, Lynch that moved from from there a couple of years ago. He had a, a huge injury. He had some disconnect from the club. He walked out the door straight into a premiership side in Richmond. They got better. Boom. There's his premiership. There's no reason why some of these teams at the top can't throw him. You look at all the Melbourne teams. He's he's a, he's a Victorian. You've got you know the obvious ones of the the teams up and about now at the moment. You've got Melbourne who he, he, they look they'll be looking for a forward over the next couple of years. They haven't got that dominant forward. You know, Bailey... Uh, so Fritch has been really fantastic up there. But, like, realistically, is he is he a number one tall forward? I don't know about that. You look at North Melbourne. Like, they could use with a tall forward. They, they lost Ben Brown. I mean, he's he's at Melbourne as well as the other tall forward. There's going to be a lot of offers coming in from him. And, you know, what, what's, what's motivating him to say outside of money? Potential to win. If they have another four or five game win season especially the last six or seven years have been around about the same mark as an AFL and as a professional Pez, don't you want the best for your career? Don't you want to be winning? That's why you play footy air to win premierships. And if he's not seeing that off the park, uh, I don't I know how he can be motivated to stay outside of a massive, massive deal, which then puts the rest of his players around him in detriment because they're out there working and they are going to be trying to recruit and keep those players and retain those players as Well,
1: well, very interesting. We'll watch this story with uh, great interest because uh, we've had uh, on the other side so- either side of the fence there, Source, where I think he'll stay at the Gold Coast and you think we will go to any other club. So uh, we'll see who comes out on top with that one later this season. I'll-, I'll throw the next one at you. And this is a very controversial one. And I don't think, looking at the question, that uh, you can really win. On your opinion. You can't win over 100% of the people because everyone's got their own opinion over this. This is uh, the mandated COVID jab and we're talking about specifically in the AFL it's mandated that players uh, are jabbed and uh, double jabbed and boosted to be able to play. So Jack Darling, the the full forward for the West Coast Eagles had a a stellar year last year Uh, he's decided not to get jabbed for personal reasons and the question comes, what are your honest thoughts of Jack Darling's decision not to get the
0: vaccine yeah it's a you are right Pez. it is a bit of a controversial one um look i'm only going to talk from from experience and you know we've been put in very similar positions pairs we both work in industries that mandated the vaccine in order to keep our jobs and keep food on our table and keep you know keep paying the bills and know survive realistically um you know we were forced to do it he's been forced to do it and he's taken a really strong stance i guess You know, in my ears and my honest opinion, it's the, you know, the voice of safety, I guess. And maybe it is for me, you know, people will view him as selfish, but it's the voice of safety. And I I believe in my eyes that the safest approach for me to live my life and be successful in my life and live out my life is to get the vaccine. In his eyes, he obviously doesn't believe that is the safest focus route, whatever the reason may be. You know fear of needles, maybe fear of the blood, uh, blood clots, blood clots, maybe fear of the not enough testing. everyone is right to their opinion. The big question that a lot of people are going to be putting it on is, is he, not, is he putting him above the team? And I think that's really unfair. And I think that's the thing that I've heard the most come out about this is that he's being really selfish for not, you know, he's leaving his teammates teammates out in the lurch, and he's being really ridiculous. And he should just comply. But at the end of the day, it's the voice of safety going on in his head, and he doesn't feel that it's safe for whatever reason. Then, then I actually, I actually am in supporting his decision. I don't agree with his decision, but I definitely support it if it's coming from that. You know, he's doing whatever he believes is the best option for him.
1: Yeah, and uh, Dom Sheed put it really well in an interview. He, he doesn't personally uh, support Jack Darling's decision in order not to get the jab, but he supports him as a person and his rights to be able to make that decision. And I think I'm in the same boat. So you, you did mention that um, we have been mandated to get the, the jabs and we've got the booster um, in order to keep our job or else uh, we would have been terminated and, and not been able to work, not been able to uh, earn that income that we've relied on for many years. So for us, it's kind of like that. Jack Darling, he's probably a, on a much better wicket than us, and he, he might have more options, and he might think, you know what, I need a, a, a little bit of more time. Whatever, for whatever reason he's got in his mind and in his life and his beliefs, he has a right as a human to actually believe in that and to follow through with it. I don't think he should be looked upon or frowned upon pawn or anything like that i know it's a tough situation because it looks like from the outside as say a west coast supporter that he's letting down your team and he's a really important part of it so if, if it's um someone at your workplace that, that's done it they, they they're not going to have the same effect it's because he's a public figure and, and people are relying on him and, and wanting him to be in the team so i think everyone has the right to either refuse it or not but with the mandates and things, and not being able to actually work in certain industries, if if that's your profession, it's a really hard choice. And and Jack Darling's obviously got the the money behind it, or whatever it is, to be able to follow through with those beliefs. Where some people um, maybe would wouldn't have chosen to get it in the end source, but but did because they needed to earn money for their families and to you know pay the mortgage, pay the bills, things like that. So we yeah. we live and we continue and. And that's about it. You don't think you can win with this one?
0: I think that's a, re- a really good point, Pez. And You're right. There, there's no winner in this. Like it's disappointing we don't get to see an, an AFL elite AFL player in you know in in Darling. It's disappointing if you're a West Coast fan because you know you're, you're obviously your Premiership window is slips a little bit. It you know, makes it tough to, to watch your team when you know that there's some elite talent there. But at the same time, as you said, it, it's you know he's in the in a luxurious spot where he's able to have that option of making the choice where you know what I don't have to do this. So I'm going to do what I feel is right, and it's you know he's very lucky to be able to ha- be in that position to be able to make that true judgment and not be forced to make a decision. And I don't want to dwell on this, Pez, but you know if that's what he believes is safe, the safest thing and and has the less risks, then you know good on him for that. And it's it's good that he's strong enough to be able to stand up for that. And it's you know I'm I'm very jealous that he he's in a spot to be able to be able to financially support himself to to have the option to make that decision on his on his own and not be forced into it. So.
1: And also with him knowing the backlash from the public that would have come out as well, because um, we've seen the big drama over the the off season with uh, Novak Djokovic flying into Australia and not being allowed in and then being deported and things like that. So it is happening all over the world and and lots of different things are happening uh, that, you know, we can't control and we just have to make choices and have choices forced upon us for certain things and and that's the way we live and we, we still get to choose what we want to do. Just one choice may lead to, uh, I, don't, I don't know, poverty, homelessness, <laughs> yeah. something like that.
0: Well, whatever it is, Pez, you know, we're, we're not in that position. So, yeah. Uh, it's 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 one of those things that is slowly becoming out, and he's not in isolation. You know, not, if you look at just Australia alone. I think it's uh, I think eighty nine percent of Australia is, is double vax or triple vax or whatever it is. So he's not out there in isolation. And, and you're right, it is really brave and courageous for him to be able to put his own safety and, and his own beliefs above everything else. And again, he's in a great position to be able to do that. Pez, I think it's going to be one of those things that as the, the season develops, um, you know, there'll be coming some, prob- sorry, as the pandemic sort of develops, there will be more and more talk about this when it gets closer and closer to some normality across the world and some, some more immunity to it, I guess, and it becomes more like a common cold. So what's that space? I believe that, you know, he probably will get on the park maybe this year because uh, I have a feeling that they might sort of uh, length, sorry, uh, lower those expectations of having the mandated uh, vaccine.
1: Yeah, you could say it could come out with uh, extra research and more people actually being second and third dose and things like that. All right, that wraps up from the fans' source. So some great questions that we were able to uh, put together. So thank you to everyone that sent some of those in, and uh, we had a really good discussion there with uh, our segment from the fans. Uh, just one from me, source, and from the from the host to you. How how do you feel? And this is we we just spoke about your pre-season and you you know having your beers, enjoying your Christmas. But how are you feeling about your preparation during the off-season for the upcoming AFL 2022 season?
0: How am I feeling about it, Pez? Uh, I'm feeling... I'll be honest. I think I'll be feeling a little bit under the pump when we're getting into the the first couple of couple of rounds, um, and I think it's just straight out to. I, I was talking to someone today about something, and they put it a really good way. I think I just need a little bit of match fitness. I feel like I'm not into that routine yet. I have enjoyed the break and the last two years of AFL podcasting as a fan, as a as a you know professional in the industry. Pez, was definitely a slog. It was it was definitely a slog, and I think the normality of work has has come back a little bit and. It's just about training uh, myself to get back into those regular routines to get into that uh, really, really... The proper, you know, the the artwork of podcasting, Pez, being a little bit more organised with it all, not having the the, the luxury of being at home for for four or five hours and watch all the footy, so um, I'll be able to get back to watching football and choosing to watch football for the enjoyment aspect of it, not because I have to, because there's nothing else on and I'm stuck at home, so I think the preparation for for this podcast probably was a little bit rushed and it was probably one of those ones, Pez, where we've slung it together and we're coming into the, the home straight, we're getting into it and eight days to go, but once it gets up and going i'm looking forward to a pez and i can't wait to to be able to, to 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 get into the season i'm starting to slowly get into that mindset started doing my ladder prediction today and started doing a little bit of work about it pez but what about you how are you feeling with this, this season coming in
1: well you got to, just on your answer there. You got to love the honesty source that you bring to the fans there about your your preparedness for the upcoming season and a little bit of match fitness i like that uh, comment as well. Now, myself heading into a, a betting season for AFL because you no know, primarily that's what we we do here each week, and we want to you know get that fifth year in a row of uh, positive ROI, so positive return on investment. Uh, I, I haven't been keeping up to date with uh, the news as I, I usually would because of the fatigue of the past two seasons. So had, had a bit of a break and and moved away. Also became a first time father to my beautiful daughter chloe so looking for organization this year's source because you know uh, uh children under one they don't really go all right from seven thirty to 830 you're gonna you know have a nap or be quiet they don't really follow the rules uh as much as uh parents out there would know and non-parents would know as well with their friends and family having children as well so Uh, Being a little bit more organized this year and and prepared and ready to go and record. Last year, it was kind of like, all right, we've got Thursday night open from 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. Whenever you want to jump on on the Zoom, we'll jump on and do it. It might have to be a little bit more succinct this year. So it'll be interesting to see uh, the turn that takes for the show. But I am super excited and I can't wait for that first bounce on round one. Uh, And and just to finish off uh, the show as well, I know we're going to talk about this uh, in the lead up to round one, but AFL and final rematch instead of Richmond versus Carlton, which have kept on the Thursday, a, a quick yay or nay source?
0: Uh, a quick yay or nay? <laughs> I'm pretty quick, passionate about quick, this one. I, I'm a definite nay. I, I, I don't don't love it. Um, I don't love the aspect. All all right, that's all going to
1: say, because very quick. Um, I am going to – I hate it as well, so – I hate that the grand final rematch is in round one. And the reason I wanted to ask that question in this pod source is because at behind the bound on Twitter, uh, I want you guys to jump on the listeners there at home. Give us your two cents. Yes or no. Should the AFL grand final be the first game in round one played there? You're not going to hear our thoughts until our round one preview show uh, next week. So, So let's let us see what you, this is a good opportunity source. The listeners get to tell us what they think first before they listen to us ramble about about it so there we have it.
0: Sounds good Pez and just to, to, to follow up from that first question that you had about uh, the preparedness and how we're going to go this upcoming season it sounds like probably we're making a little bit of excuses there are no excuses Pez we trust in our systems we trust in you know getting once we get into the flow of season getting those results and I am confident for the fifth year in a row we'll, we'll both hit positive um, it's just one of those things where you know what I, I like the idea of what you were talking about in terms of the fatigue of it once you get back into it we trust in our systems. We trust our football knowledge. And we trust in the green money coming in, Pez.
1: Yep, let's get around that. And the fans, you know, they have the choice. They, they listen to what we say. They jump on board with us. They don't. We have some fans out there, source that love listening to the show that aren't punters themselves. So they just they just like hearing about the, the different things that we talk about during uh, that part of the show. So looking forward to it, 2022 coming up. Uh, It's been great. It's been a good start tonight, and I'm loving the vibe of it. uh, Behind the Boundary, AFL Podcast 2022, big year ahead.
0: Huge year ahead, Pez, and I can't wait to get into round one. Can't wait to get into our ladder predictions, Pez. Eight days to go. Can't wait.
1: Ladder predictions will be out at Behind the Bound on Twitter uh, when we have that podcast out this coming week. I'm Pez.
0: Peace out. I'm still source. We'll catch up next time.